1: Today on Barca Talk, La Liga resumes this weekend. Barcelona will travel to Madrid to face league bottom dwellers Leganes. But with three defenders missing through injury and suspension, Barca won't be at full strength for the match. And in Barca B news, Ricky Pooch continues to sparkle for the reserve side. Hi, this is Barca Talk, the podcast for all you FC Barcelona fans out there. I'm your host, Brian Henderson in Buffalo, New York. And joining me from Madrid is your co-host and tactical analyst, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. How are we doing, buddy? We're doing all right. Yeah, you just got a promotion. (laughs) I gave you a promotion this week to tactical analyst, official. Yeah, social media extraordinaire slash tactical analysis, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's only fair because you've been doing the job for two plus years now. We might as well honor... What you've been doing by giving you a title? Yeah, I mean, tactical. I analyst. try my
2: best, you know. I try to implore. I just need to monetize this somehow into something a little bit more extraneous. But yeah, I love dissecting the tactics because I just love, uh, even in any sport, I love the 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 chalkboard chalk of these things and how plays are developed and what you know the directors or managers are thinking.
1: Yeah, and it also it makes me think about how you know on TV, like on BN Sports here in the U.S., when the host introduces the or you know asks for feedback from one of those former players sure. for example who they have to do the tactical stuff they always say you know like oh yeah so former national team player so and so what do you think about this now i can throw to you and be like uh, you know welcome gabriel Quiroga, former high school football <laughs> wait yeah <laughs> former high school soccer yeah. star
2: wannabe <laughs> soccer star right that's that's the idea yeah <laughs> Yeah. I just, uh, I play a a professional analysis on a
1: podcast, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like at this point, would you say you've played more soccer than you have thought about tactics or? Mm, No, no, not anymore. You've thought about tactics way more now. Yeah,
2: because especially now that I'm getting older, the, the amount of days I play are very few and far between now.
1: We really need to do more videos with you with the whiteboard, Pictionary style, sure. just drawing circles and then just pointing at it repeatedly.
2: <laughs> Use the right side. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just it's right yeah. here. You see yeah. it? Yeah, it's completely
2: open. No one's there, you know?
1: Like John Madden used to do when exactly. he was the, the best.
2: telestrator, you know? So how's
1: it going over there in Buffalo, man? <laughs> hey man, it's doing it's doing yeah. fine. You know, I just got a haircut today, so life yeah. is good. Yeah. Well he <laughs> And I've discovered a new oh, hobby. Let me tell me more. I'm becoming a plant person. Oh. I was never a plant person before. I've had enough trouble just managing <laughs> myself in life, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. taking care of myself. But recently, we were uh, we were at the our local garden store, mm-hmm. and they had some free stuff. It's just a like a swap gotcha. meet for plants. Gotcha. So we we picked up a couple of things, and I got this one in particular that I really like. Scientifically called Arananthia, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we've named her Nanty. <laughs> okay. And we believe that she is potentially from Barcelona. Oh,
2: nice. <laughs>
1: Nanty. <laughs> and, like, she was having a rough time, and she was kind of, like, wilting, and then I started watering her and being, paying her more attention. And now she's sprouting new flowers. She looks perky. She's a really beautiful little plant. So now I'm, like, kind of becoming, like, a plant guy. nice. Nice. So it's fun. I mean, it helps that I'm home a yeah, lot now. Yeah, though. for sure. But it's good. I can really monitor their growth. Yeah, it's
2: good to uh, <laughs> to find a new hobby. You know, it's always fun. Well, let me let me tell you what's going on here in Madrid really quick. Uh, oh, what's happening? A couple things. Uh, obviously, it's been stark quiet because of the international break. And I was thinking about this, Brian, when I was walking home today from work. I was just like, man, I don't know how I feel about this weekend. You know, I don't know if like... It, f- it feels like we haven't seen Barca so long, but at the same time, you know, how we always talked before, we would always get excited. And I'm still kind of in that gray, beige area, as we like to say, right? With with EV, you know? You're right in the Valverde zone. I'm right zone. in the Valverde zone. So I'm <laughs> in the land of beige. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm hoping this weekend, you know, we're going to talk about the match at Leganés. Hopefully we can get a, another spark going. But two other things, Brian. The first thing you wrote about Gerard, Mr. PK, and about his almost retirement, and they've been having the, the finally the the Davis Cup has started here in Madrid, and the and that's his big that project. is his big project, and he's been here the whole time here in Madrid. And the and the crazy thing, Brian, is it's been really cold here, and they haven't opened enough tennis courts to play all the matches. So last night, the last match was played at four thirty in the morning. <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, of course, the press is kind of giving PK a hard time because he's the face of it. You know, it's like, oh, PK, you know, you're in charge of this Davis Cup and look at it's four o'clock in the morning when it's over and so forth. So, that's definitely one of the big stories here this week so far.
1: I mean, even in Madrid, it's not a great time of year to have an outdoor tennis tournament. Well, the
2: thing is, it's actually indoor, but this, this place, so... yeah, but this place doesn't have enough heaters because it's not a, it's not a place for, Tennis, like it's for concerts more, more or less. And when you have a lot of people, you don't need that much heat, you know, because obviously a lot of people. Sure,
1: the people. The generate, people generate, that, yeah. but
2: for this tennis uh, tournament, they only have a few courts with the heat, and so. Uh, obviously they're going to take this into consideration next year to open more courts so that, that it's not so late, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's wow, you would think that they didn't have enough money, but that can't possibly be yeah, the yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: for sure, for sure. <laughs> and the other thing, though, the I would say one of the best things so far this week is the Gareth Bale issue. I don't know if you saw this, Brian, but this is freaking Let's amazing. let about the
1: Gareth Bale issue. So
2: yeah. Wales qualified for the Euro Cup, and his teammates made a flag for him, and it says, Wales, period, golf, period, Madrid, period. In that order, Hmm. his loves basically. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) And so basically, his teammates were making fun of the idea of, you know, here in Madrid how they make fun of him with his golf passion and that Real Madrid is bottom of the rail. So of course, the it's been a topic here for the last two two or three days. You know, just his teammates did the thing, did the the flag. You should check it out on Twitter. It's pretty funny. He's having a good time. They have just qualified for the Euros. They're all in a good mood. But here in Madrid, obviously, they took it as a personal. Offense, So that's been the biggest <laughs> news topic and they've cycled that through all the sports show, Brian. So, you know, leading up to this week of uh, La Liga action again, and also the other thing too was Robert Moreno. The national team coach being ousted essentially by, could we say, ba- you know, backstabbing Luis Enrique
1: slash Riviele's type of thing? I mean, was it, was it Luis Enrique doing the backstabbing? <laughs> well, I, again, or? because didn't Moreno make it clear? Like, I'll step aside whenever Lucho wants to come back. For sure, but, for
2: sure. But again, it's just the way it was handled. It wasn't really transparent from the beginning. You know, a lot of backdoor talking and just not being transparent. If it was transparent from the beginning, I think it wouldn't have been such a big issue. You know, if uh, Rubiales would have talked to Moreno and said, hey, I'm talking to Luis Enrique. He wants to come back. Let's talk about this. But it wasn't like that. And, and Uh-oh. you know, when the press asked him questions uh, this weekend about Moreno staying on for the team with the Euro, he had no comment. And that's what basically started the whole chain of events essentially
1: so instead of just handling it like adults Correct. it seems like moreno showed up for training one day thinking he had a job and they just didn't let him yeah in.
2: but homo it was almost after the match
1: lucho walks right <laughs> past him
2: sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was basically after the match their last uh, qualifying match uh, Moreno had a good campaign. You know, I think he only had two draws and I think six wins, something like this. And, you know, at the end, he basically, uh, they basically told him that he wasn't going to return as the coach and that basically set up a fire. So the last, you know, two campaigns, Brian, as the national team coach with Lopetegui and this, it's just been a show and you can fill in the first yeah. part, you know? So, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very professional, correct? Show. A professional quote show, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. much like this. Yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, you know, again, as we talk about an international break from our point of view from Barca, it's been pretty slow. You know, we've had some injuries. There were some international games. You know, we're going to talk about some of the injuries, but for all in all, not too crazy. But again, this is why we love sports. It's the telenovela that keeps on giving, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always something. there's always something.
1: Always something. Yeah, public life in general. Whether you're a politician, mm-hmm. a you know, an entertainment celebrity, or an athlete, an athletic celebrity, sure. the uh, the media will always be on top of you, g- generating something. For sure. For sure. It's very hard to live that life and stay out of the public eye. Yeah, yeah. And
2: one of my girlfriends was asking me, "Why do men love sports so much?" And I said to her, "How many girlfriends do you well, it's have?" Not a, it's, you know. Uh... <laughs> Thank God she's not a listener. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So she asked me, she said, Why do men love sports so much? And I told her, I said, It's our telenovela. Like, not only the action, but it's the gossip during the week that leads up to this action. And also, we all have a portion of ourselves that we want to be professional athletes and put ourselves there. So it's like all these things wrapped up. So that's why, you know. And again, this week did not. (laughs)
1: yeah well one of my best friends a guy by the way uh he's he's all about wrestling and whenever i try and like when i stay with him Mm -hmm. and i have to watch a barca game he's like what why is qatar playing I'm like no qatar's (laughs) not playing that's barca he's just he does not understand conventional sports but he can philosophize on wrestling for hours and does yeah yeah. (laughs) so it's so football yeah. as one example but just actual actual real sports yeah. are still lost on plenty of for guys sure, for, sure, for sure for sure for <laughs> sure for
2: sure yeah i love that he's like oh qatar's playing <laughs> yeah because that's the biggest oh, thing yeah, on the jersey course, course,
1: yeah. i mean i actually is that on the current jersey it was last, last year or yeah, the yeah. year before when he when that yeah, happened but, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was hilarious <laughs> coming up we're scouting barcelona's next opponent Leganes. But so we do have a match coming up this weekend on Saturday, the 23rd November, at 1 o'clock local time, which will be 4 a.m. for our our fans on the West Coast. Maybe those uh, folks from the Davis Cup (laughs) final can can come out. They're used to that. But we'll be playing uh, last place Leganes. They only have six points from one win, three draws, and nine losses. Their only win was against Mallorca at home in the Butarque. And Martin Braithwaite scored the only goal of that game, giving Leganess the W. Is everything okay over there? In the yeah, everything's okay. Yeah. yeah, you're safe? Todo
2: okay. Todo es okay. Todo es okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Braithwaite is their top goal scorer. He has a, a whopping three goals this okay. season. And this guy, he's been all over Europe in his pretty short career, starting off in his native Denmark, then moving to France, then England, and then most recently he came to Spain. Leganes picked him up from Middlesbrough. Yeah. But I think the man to watch from Leganes is the gent with the pencil-thin mustache who still tucks in his jersey, former Sevilla midfielder Roque Mesa.
2: Let me ask you, you know, you're you're giving me all the good facts that I love, you know, before we dive into these things. But, you know, let's talk about already, it's one o'clock local time game, Brian. <laughs> I mean, this already scares me beyond belief, especially as we right talk about yeah. the, the road uh, woes we've had. And again, this is a road game here in Madrid. It's going to be cold. Okay, we're having a cold spell here, talking about eight degrees to six degrees at kickoff time uh, c- Celsius. So it's going to be pretty cold, and that's yeah. my first concern. Sure. If we are looking spry and we have that twinkle in our eye, I think we should be okay with this match. But yeah, a little bit of sugar in our exactly. Step. But as you mentioned, these two players you know Leganes are physical they're going to bring it and that to me is always going to be the issue how are we going to deal with their physicality i mean cuz they're going to be basically lined up in what a 4231 and essentially just trying to conserve and not let us score first but again like right. you mentioned i would say Brightwhite is their star striker though he only has 3 goals Brian he does have the potential to break a header or a shot here or there from outside the box.
1: Oh, sure, no, he absolutely does, and he's definitely the striker to look out for. But i I always find Roque Mesa to be both entertaining and uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about the fact that he tucks in his jersey; he really sticks out as looking like old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. And then you add the the uh, Adams family mustache <laughs> to it. What is that gums? Gomez, Gomez yeah. that's right. <laughs> he's got the Gomez style mustache, and he's actually a really like fine player yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, dangerous. Speaking of physical, he he is good on the ball. He runs hard. You know, he's a little. He's more of a veteran. He's a little sure. on the older side, but he he works hard. And he plays hard, and he will foul you. For sure. He's got those kind of uh, razor-type
2: elbows as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful with that. I mean, we know how Leganus is going to play. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to try to go for long balls, and they're going to try to utilize set plays. That's going to be their bread and butter. So we're going to see now. They have a new manager.
1: Oh, this is uh, Javier Aguirre. Mm -hmm. He was just appointed on the 4th of November, replacing Luis Sembranos, who obviously was not doing very well for the club. Aguirre has one game under his belt now, and it was a draw to Real Sociedad. Yeah. And a little bit about Aguide, this marks his return to Spanish football after five years managing in other parts of the world, mostly the Middle East. He's coming off a straight year managing the national team of Egypt. He oversaw 12 matches for them, winning nine, losing two, and drawing one. And for the most part, his formation with them, and his preferred formation generally, is a 4-2-3-1. But... If you look back at that draw against Sociedad, his one game so far in La Liga this year, he had a lineup of of 5-4-1. A game in which four out of those five defenders were cautioned, and one was sent off with a double yellow. That was right back Roberto Rosales. So you talk about how physical they are, there's the proof right there. And those weren't the only guys who got cautioned. Those were just the defenders (laughs) who got cautioned. Yeah, I mean, you know, Javier Giri, man, he...
2: So much history with this guy. This guy was the Mexican national coach for a while. He's been up and down La Liga. He's, I think, he's been at the Atletico coach for a while, Espanol, yep. and now mm-hmm. obviously with Leganes. As you mentioned, he was with Egypt. You know, another coach that was Egypt was Bob Bradley, the former U.S. national coach. So, oh, he's the best. Egypt, you know, just taking in flyers, you know, as coaches to try to <laughs> try to bring in the. Um, but continue on with Javier Guerri. You know, again, he knows La Liga very well. He's been in and out for a while. Um, you know, like, like you said, they're going to be physical. That's always going to be the biggest problem for us in that our passing, we can't avoid their physicality because our passing is not good enough. And so from that point of view, that's where it's going to be won. You know, if the referee doesn't call the fouls, you know, it's just like in American football. Will the refs let the defense be physical and how physical? It's all about the run of play here. You know, if the referee of whoever it is allows the physicality to continue, then that's obviously going to be an advantage for Leganess and that's going to be a struggle for us in this match.
1: Yeah, and I've heard of a study, I think it's a fairly old study at this point, but it still rings true with me, uh, that showed that referees are susceptible to crowds in certain stadiums. sure. Right. So the Butarque as a stadium, if that's the kind of space where the home crowd can really get on top of the referee, they can start to influence his call. For sure.
2: For sure. I mean, you know, that's why they always say home cooking. Right. The home cooking is always going to get at least a 10 percent advantage all the time from even before the balls dropped. Right. I mean, that's just how it is. That's why you play at home. You have the crowd in your favor. And again, just like you said, you know, the Butarque, the way it's set up is very Close to the field, you know, uh, you definitely can feel it, you know, the ref's going to definitely hear it. And we'll see if that has any significant influence on the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it might take a little bit longer for some harder fouls to get cards, for example. Because that's the main thing. It's not necessarily calling fouls. It's giving the cards. Correct.
2: That's exactly right. You know, when the first card comes out, you know, depending on the situation, it's usually going to be maybe two hard fouls or three hard fouls. But all of a sudden, if it's five, six, and then all of a sudden <laughs> the first card comes out, that's definitely an advantage for Leganes S because that just plays into their style. Now – Again, if I were on the Leganés team, I would definitely be handsy, you know, on defense and definitely try to go for tackles and try to disrupt Barcelona's, you know, because Barcelona does not want to play physical. They just don't like it. They're too elite to try to get injured or want to go on ground, especially when it's cold, you know. So yeah. Leganés is definitely going to bring the fight. And like we just talked about, we just push those points. Now, how is Aguirre going to set them up? What are the refs going to call? Are we going
1: to be awake at one o'clock? <laughs> yeah. Now, when you played, yeah. you were a forward. Were you very handsy? Yes. Did you ever try and throw off a defender who was marking for you? For sure, by for sure. I give him a little squeeze. I was
2: able to use my basketball ability of like boxing out and uh, looking for you know the pass and using my body positioning in a way where I wouldn't get called for fouls, but I would just kind of use my my ass essentially to make space and also use my hands, but I wouldn't chicken wing it. You know, I would just hold it steady where I can kind of pivot and do those sorts of things. So again, there's definitely ways, you know, obviously when you get frustrated, that's when you start to chicken wing and push out, uh, you know, and then that's where you get called fouls and then you basically stop the attack. So uh, I tried yeah. to use my, my body position as best as possible, especially since I was kind of low to the ground and kind of, you know, I'm stocky so I can use my leverage And so that's why I tried to use it as best as possible.
1: Well, speaking of Barcelona, uh, in addition to dealing with the physicality of Leganes, Mm -hmm. we have our own uh, (laughs) shortcomings (laughs) going into it, mainly in terms of injuries. And it's all in the back line for the most part. Nelson Samedo remains injured. Jordi Alba remains injured. And Sergio Roberto received his fifth yellow card in the last match against Celta, so he'll be serving out a suspension in this one, which leaves... Valverde with a severe lack of defenders to choose from. Now, this is another article I wrote about two weeks ago on the website, barzatalk.net, was about three players who cannot seem to get any minutes from Valverde, and one of those is right-back Musa Wage. I had been assuming that a manager would want, or sometimes need, to take full advantage of his squad. The current injury and suspension situation, from that view, all but forces Valverde to play Wage at Right-back. However, any time an opportunity to play Wage has presented itself so far, Valverde has opted for something else. And he could still do that in this match. Barca B have three right backs that Valverde could call up to play over Wage. And, for example, Danny More, one of those right backs from Barca B, he did train with the squad on Wednesday. I didn't check to see if he did today on Thursday when we're recording, but he was there on Wednesday. One could only assume that he's part of all the training this week. So this weekend, this match will be the clearest indicator of whether or not Wage will ever see a minute of action Mm -hmm. in the Barca jersey. Because otherwise, the stage is actually set really nicely to transfer him out of the club in the January window. One thing that I mentioned in that article is how Wage's market value. I'm using quotes. Mm I see it. The listeners can't see. see Yeah, Yeah. you see it. His market value shot up by two million euro just because he signed with the first team from the B team. So And he hasn't seen a minute of playing time. All of that points to an attempt on the club's part to essentially get more money for him in, I'm guessing, the January window.
2: This is the best time for him to play. I mean, if he doesn't get a shot this time, I mean, that answers your question. That's just plain and simple, which is sad because I think think he's a better back, especially if we project him in the next six years. I think he has more potential uh, to be a really outstanding back. Uh, especially in the right back, his preferred position. This is where the Valverde conundrum always kills us because you know we try to make sense of looking at the roster, the players, the situation, and we say, okay, if we were guiding the team, this is what we do. But we always know that Valverde is going to be basically doing the opposite, you know. Right. So that's where the conundrum comes. So you're making excellent points, Brian. Like I would be like, yes, those are excellent points. Perfect. Let's get Wage. Let's let's do it. Valverde could just. I don't know, he could put Dembele at right back for this game, you know? <laughs> I don't know, like, just to utilize the speed, and that wouldn't surprise me, and that's what's the craziest thing.
1: Actually, I got Okay, it. I okay, got let's it. hear
2: it.
1: He's going to put Bo at right okay, back. That's another
2: possibility, too, yeah? Yeah. And he, I think he would be okay, you know? Um, but again, who's he put at left back?
1: Junior Firpo is almost certainly going to be at okay. left back, I okay. think. He's had, you know, he has a couple games sure. now uh, covering for Alba. He's played well. Mm-hmm. I think he still looks better than Samedo there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, of course, Samedo's injury. Yeah. I do think that he'd be more likely to play Toribo or Umtiti at right back oh my than Wage. I swear to God. You know, it's just. <laughs> Can we go back on
2: international break? <laughs> I, <gonna> <laughs> I mean, these are the type of decisions that just baffle me because it's a no brainer, right? You have. A, You have a perfect right back. Just put him at Wage. And also, with the run of games that we have, who knows how long we're going to have the injuries of Semedo and Alba, right? I mean, you can project out that they're going to be like this. But the next three weeks, Brian, are going to be – we're going to have a lot of games, man. We're going to have a lot of games. And I would rather be prepared using Wage and getting that experience and play it that way and say, okay, he's already played three games. Okay, perfect. Semedo ready to come back. And if something happens to Samedo, I got a backup plan. But, you know, this is you and me as normal humans with contingencies, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, after this match, at least Sergio Roberto will be available again because his suspension will be over. So it's really just this match that's going to—all the stars are aligning to really shed light on the Wage issue. Sure. After that, it can be a little more murky even if Samedo remains injured because Sergio Roberto can just cover it. Yeah, for sure also injured is uh, your favorite Ivan Rakitic uh-huh. but to be fair even if he were healthy there would only be about a 20% chance of him playing at all
2: he did a, he did an interview last week with uh, this this journalist uh here in Madrid who's a former Real Madrid player who does like a one-on-one kind of interview show long form interview i just felt so sad for rakitic i oh. mean he basically they're just asking him questions you know what's going on this season and how are you feeling and he basically says I'm just so sad. They've taken the ball away from me. And I just was like, no, Yvonne. And and he just is like, you know how he speaks. He's just very just quiet, soft-spoken. He's just, you know, he's not really emoting anything like that. He's, you know, angry or sad, but he's just speaking, right? And like you said, there would have been a 20% chance that he would have played. But, man, I just still can't get over this racketage conundrum because how is he getting so much playing time with Croatia – we saw what he can do in the World Cup. It's not like all of a sudden he had this huge drop-off of play. And, you know, obviously I think it still just goes to the Neymar rumors from the summer and also just the idea that, you know, one of the rumors I've heard is him going to Juventus in the in the winter break. So maybe it's just a, an idea of preservation for him as a good faith to not, you know, have something happen to him to get injured, to not get transferred. Yeah, but yeah,
1: speaking of another player for whom the stage is perfectly set for him to leave in January, I'd say he would have to be at the top of the list along with, with
2: Yeah. I mean, it sucks because I think he still has a lot of value for us and he can still not only give us a lot of minutes, but again, I think he is a better midfielder option for us than Vidal, for example. I just think he's a better defender and he plays well on that right side. And he, you know he's not going to try to be the number 9 like Vidal tries to do sometimes that is nice at times but i'd rather have a consistent midfielder who has had the experience and knows how to play in Valverde's system and expe- you know knows how to play with Messi on top of
1: that now going back to the turnover issue mm-hmm. um with Leganes' management uh, this is actually going to be now our third opponent of the season who we're playing soon after a shakeup in management so we're playing away mm-hmm. At one o'clock in the afternoon, yikes! And it's going to be cold. Mm. So there's all these things working against us. On the other hand, we're Barcelona, they're Leganés. We're in first place, they're in last place, and they just had this shakeup in management. Once again, we could benefit from that
2: for sure. I mean, we definitely could. However, I would think we would benefit more if we were at home.
1: Oh, for sure, sure, right? Now we benefit always more. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Now, now that we're playing away from the road, I don't. The other thing too is the Geary is not trying to implement some 180 degree tactical style, you know? And I think they, especially getting the result before international break, just getting a tie is going to give you a little bit more confidence. And if they, I didn't watch the match, but if they played better and they feel like they play better, they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. And especially, you know, when there's a new manager, you want to play right and, you know, try to get more minutes. So obviously the players are going to try. As you know, hard, as hard as they can. But again, for me too, Brian. The other thing I want to talk about really quick before we go is the Griezmann issue.
1: What is the Griezmann? The Griezmann
2: issue, issue is that during international break, he continued to score goals for France. So he's riding high with some confidence, you know, going into this weekend. And I'm just curious to see, especially with. Suarez being healthier, I mean, I saw a couple of his plays against with Uruguay and Messi. We just need to get those three on the same page because if they become on the same page, it'll just ultimately give us three or four more goals per game and we don't have to be so Messi dependent, right? So I really hope Griezmann was able to offer Messi a new Maite cup or something like this as a peace offering, and all of a sudden that just opens the floodgates because we really need these guys to be on the same page because I don't want to see the same thing that happened to Coutinho, who we tried to implant on the left
1: wing, and then all of a sudden just cannot find his form or confidence. But Messi kept passing the ball to Coutinho. I know. Well, like you said, you were looking at the footage, and you're starting to at least believe that... That Messi might not even want to pass the ball to yeah, him. Yeah,
2: which is sad, especially because Messi usually makes the correct play to pass to the open player who has a shot, you know? Uh, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, we'll have to read the body language this weekend, you know? Especially I'll take my notes on it. But again, I'm just, <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see because we need all cylinders firing as much as possible this season to accomplish anything. We cannot have one rudder down. With the Griezmann and Messi partnership, or our defense lacking, or midfield, we need everybody
1: healthy as much as possible, and everyone on the same page. What does one o'clock in the afternoon feel like for you on a Saturday? Oh my! God. It feels like like just to watch it. Yeah, I, it's crazy
2: because it doesn't it doesn't compute with my. I just it, like for example when I looked at the schedule today to see what time they were playing this weekend. One part of me was like, "Oh, it's one o'clock. Get to watch it. I'm at home. Done." The other part's like, oh, it's one o'clock. That's like breakfast time. Like, what's going? Yeah. What's going on here? You know, it's like <laughs> just getting home from breakfast. It's just a crazy time because it's the first game of the weekend, essentially. And Barcelona just usually doesn't play that time. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, it reminds me of when I was in youth football. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd have like an eight a.m. Yeah, football. yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's- or like when I was refereeing with my dad, we'd get up at six a.m. Saturday morning to go to the fields. Cause, and we'd be there all day refereeing yeah I mean
2: it's I mean that's the thing and you know especially with here you know like we always talk about the time slot the, the one o'clock and the four o'clock it doesn't make any sense to people outside of Spain it just doesn't right because you know I tell you one o'clock you're like that seems normal the NFL plays at one o'clock like they're f- no 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 it's, it's a crazy ass time uh, it feels like breakfast you know and, the, and yeah. the four o'clock feels like siesta you know so <laughs> <laughs> very
1: uncomfortable very uncomfortable while we didn't cover Barca's friendly with Cartagena during international break, our Barca B correspondent Max Bleuer had his eye on it, as it was a game with loads of opportunity for the reserve players to audition for Ernesto Valverde. Here's Max with the report.
0: There was an exciting game for several of the B-team lads this week, as Barca's first team played a benefit match against Cartagena to raise money for the victims of floods in the southeastern region of Murcia a couple of months ago. With the vast majority of first-teamers away on international duty, This was an opportunity for people like Daniel Morer, Ronald Araujo or Kiki Severio to impress Valverde. After a goalless first half that Barca dominated, goals from Carles Pérez and Alejandro Márquez gave us a 2-0 win. Off the pitch, the game was notable for the warm reception that locals gave Gerard Pique, which was a bit of a surprise, bearing in mind that Murcia is a bastion of far-right political party Vox, of whom Pique has been fiercely critical in the past. Those who stood out included right-back Moret, who defended his wing with little trouble and got forward regularly to provide another dimension in attack. He could even have scored in the first half, picking up a scooped through ball from Ricky Pooj that left him one-on-one, although we saw then that Moret really is a defender at heart, as the finish was absolutely hopeless. Moret wasn't the only one to benefit from Ricky's vision and technique. Uslan Dembélé, who looked lost playing as a sort of false nine between Perez and Severio. Alex Collado, and Severo himself, all received glorious passes from the young Catalan that they failed to take full advantage of, and it took until the 69th minute for Barca to break the deadlock. Ricky danced his way into Karekainen's penalty area, with both skill and perseverance, and eventually laid it off to Pérez, who curled it in from the edge of the area. Barca dominated the rest of the game. Neto and Gull only had to make a couple of saves over the 90 minutes, but it took until the 88th to wrap things up. Sergio Akiyeme, another b teamer making his debut, beat his defender on the left, and whipped a ball into the area that Alejandro Marquez has pinged home on the volley. If it feels like I go on and on about Ricky Pooch in these segments, well, I do. But the fact is, is that it's becoming an absolute joke that he's not getting any minutes for the first team. Not only is he vastly superior in Segunda B, but in a team featuring first teamers like Dembele, Gale Zalania, or Sergio Roberto, he was still the best player on the pitch. And it's not like this was a one-off. Ricky has now been on two pre-season tours with the first team, and shone in both of them. It really is no surprise that after the Andorra game a couple of weeks ago, he told journalists that, I'm not planning to go out on loan in January, but we'll see. Because not only has Ricky not had a single competitive minute with the first team this season, he's barely even training with them. Ricky isn't the only one whose future is up in the air either. Alejandro Marquez, a Spanish Venezuelan centre forward who was key in the under 19's victory in the UEFA Youth League the season before last, scored on his debut for the first team. Marquez's contract is up in the summer, and Mundo Deportivo are reporting that negotiations are at a standstill, with the club demanding that Marquez make more of a mark with the B team before they offer him a new improved contract. Marquez's fellow striker, Abel Ruiz, has also been in the news recently, giving an interview to Marca in which he said that if you don't enjoy opportunities, you have to look for them in other places. A clear hint that, like Ricky, his lack of playing time and involvement with the first-team dynamic are making him consider his future. Unlike Ricky, though, Ruiz frankly doesn't have a leg to stand on, Batisabé's leading striker scored just three goals last season and has another three this time around. His lack of impact has been such that coach Pimi has taken to playing a winger like Hiroke Abe in the central striker's role, leaving both Ruiz and Marquez on the bench in the last couple of games. These two need to learn that the way to get opportunities with the first team is to score goals, like Carlos Pérez did last year, and not by having your name in the papers. On the pitch, Batisabé end the weekend in 6th place after a grim 1-1 draw against Serie Ebro last week and a thrilling 3-3 with Cornea. The Ebro game was a pretty grim one that looked to be petering out into a depressing defeat until Ronald Arrojo popped up in the last minute to snatch the equaliser. While at home to Cornea, Barca Bay blew a 2-0 lead and ended up having to score their second last-minute equaliser in two weeks to grab a point. An interesting note from the Cornea game was that Carlos Pérez came down to help out his former teammates and he was the scorer of the opening goal. Not called up for international duty, and with no first-team game at the weekend, it was decided that a run-out for the B-team would help Carles maintain his match fitness. Next week, the boys travel to Valencia's B-team before hosting La Nuzia the week after. For Barca Talk, I'm Max Bluer.
1: Thanks to Max Bluer this week, Barca Talk is a production of Sound It Media, written by Brian Henderson and Gabriel Quiroga, produced by Brian Henderson. Until next time, visca Barca.